0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another brand new Rugby Muscle Podcast live Q&A on the Rugby Muscle Athletes Facebook page. I'm your host as always TJ and for the next 30 or so minutes I'll be rattling through a few more questions that I've received from you guys on the Facebook group uh, Rugby Muscle Athletes. I would say give this video a thumbs up on the Facebook page. Go ahead if you're listening to on the podcast, give us a five star review. We haven't had a five star review in a uh, this week, so I don't want to say you guys are slacking, but you could definitely help us out. I, the chances are that if you're listening to this, you haven't gone and given us a five star review. It takes two minutes, not even like, and it really does help the show out. If you're watching on the YouTube, um, thumbs up and then ask any questions that you have. I think I have got a question before, so I might get to that um, at the end of this one. I got a question on the last YouTube Q and A, but I think it was a personal one, so I can't remember. But we'll see how we go. All right, let's get into the questions. So this week, again, if you ask these questions live, I'll be able to get to them live. If you ask them, if you ask them on the post on the facebook group or if you ask them below this after the fact i will get to them on the next one um or if you you know if i answer your question and you need further detail also comment below and ask for further detail give more explanation as to how it applies to you um and then we can get into it Uh, thumbs up also for project thor which is happening and it's going quite well okay so let's get into the first question Excuse me, Stephen or Stefan. Actually, I think that's more of a Stefan. He asks I'm looking to rebuild muscle and conditioning. Goals three kilometers in 13 minutes and a 400 times five deadlift. Played years ago, but now I'm somewhat fat bus driver who has an infant and no time. We'll be moving soon and I'll be putting in a home, a small home gym to eliminate the excuse. So first off, awesome that you're putting in a home gym. I I, like if this lockdown has taught people anything, it's like, yeah, home gyms are just fantastic. And I think you're hopefully as like this whole COVID situation sort of goes away and potentially we get a vaccine or whatever. There will be a lot of home gym equipment that will be available for fairly cheap. Not right now, but I think it will be in the future. And I think that means, what's this t shirt doing? I think that means that a lot of us can invest in a nice home gym. Cool thing about having a nice home gym is by far eliminating that time excuse. It's you can get up. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, it means that you don't, you're not at the whim of hours that um, a regular gym would have. It also means that you can get up and you get rid of that transport time. And it's not just, the transport time, get into the gym, you know, it says, ah, oh, it takes me 10 minutes, but it takes you 10 minutes. Then it's at least another five minutes. Once you go into the change room, you get your gear ready or whatever. Then when you finished, you're either showering there and then you're coming back or you're, you know, you're getting in your car and you're going straight back and then you've got to get ready again. Then you go shower, then you go eat. It's just a lot more hassle. It's a lot easier just to have a home gym where you can go into the gym. You can then come out, shower, eat straight away, or even eat like, you know, get your food ready at the end of your workout in your rest sets you could even do that um but time is by far the best you can also customize it to your needs you know like you don't you're not that you're then at the whim of whatever you choose to invest in so if you want to have bands you can invest in some heavy bands if you want like certain bars like you only have to buy one bar then you can buy all different types of cool, different bars like um, you know, uh, like football bars where they've got a long bar, twenty kilos, and you've got grips here. You can buy um, different st- specialisation uh, squat bars, um, or just attachments for those bars. Most gyms aren't interested in this stuff because they need to get twenty bars before you know for everyone to use before they worry about specialisation. And if they're buying one bar, there's not a real point in them. Um, doing that because then only one person can use it at a time so gyms aren't really interested in that whereas you as an athlete can buy you know whatever you want and um hit me up Steph, and and we can go through it i've done it before i've gone through lists actually i did it at the beginning of lockdown gave everyone a list of equipment that they could get to use for their you know just for their um like not even a home gym just for their living room to make do and then there are some people that wanted a full-on gym so we built out a kit you know we kitted it out together um but you can really make it what you want Um, and you know, it's, yeah, one, and once you've made that investment, then it's, it's yours for life. You know, it's, it's, it's yours and you've nailed it and you can, uh, kind of just go to the gym whenever you want. You don't have to pay gym fees. You know, you can, uh, gym shirtless. That's probably the the biggest benefit to having a home gym. Um, but you've got a lot of options there. So that's great. Um, I would say the, the best thing to do with a home gym is still to train first thing in the morning, simply because there's less going on, you can take care of business, and then you can, like, start your day. Um, It's easier to get up and get downstairs, get warm, go to the, and and then start training, rather than, like, you know, you say you've got an infant, like, if you plan on training, you know, finding an hour after work um, in the evening, it just becomes a lot more difficult, particularly if you're at home, because if you're at home, then, you know, The baby cries, or or, you know something goes wrong in the house, you've got to deal with it. You you can deal with it there and then. That means gym's gonna you're gonna miss your gym time. Whereas if you were to go straight from work to another gym somewhere else, like no one's saying, "Stop," you know, no one's stopping you from doing uh, or or stopping you mid gym session to go home and take care of a crying baby. Whereas they might stop you mid gym session if you're at home so I would definitely advise still doing it first thing in the morning I would set that as a priority and if um, you're looking to rebuild and get back into it this suggests that back in the day you've been in shape so you know what it takes what you first got to do and this is really now me full-on answering this question the first thing you've got to really understand is this is a mindset thing this is absolutely a mindset and you've got to number one kind of forget like how you used to do things because how you used to do things is not who you are now you know when maybe you're a big gym hunk before and you could deadlift uh, 500 times five and you could uh, run 5k in 13 minutes which would make you uh, a world champion but you get my point you could do all these things but that's because you had a lot less stress in your life you had a lot more time and you, you know, you had a lot let other people that didn't rely on you as much. You were more independent. You could be more in control. You could, you also had a body that recovered better, that was more optimized for performance because you're in your twenties. It's just a lot easier trying to do things just because they worked before. This is like a step up, right? A lot of people just just do do random stuff all the time. Then you take a step up and you're like, right, well, this worked for me before. It should work again. Then you take another step up and you realize this worked before in this specific situation. How can I use that to my advantage and how can I um, make that work for me? But what's different in this situation? And obviously, you've got an infant, so that requires extra stress demands. Um, so you've got a more stressful life. So that mindset of, oh, I used to be able to train you know, 12 times a week, morning and night, and I used to be like, that's gone. That's a, so you've got to treat yourself almost like you're a new trainer, like you're, you're, you're completely new to this but you've got the luck of having that experience before you've also got the luck of having that muscle memory, which will come back if, and it becomes, it's a lot easier to regrow muscle than it is to grow like new muscle, brand new muscle that you've never even experienced before. So if you've lost some strength and you've lost some weight, um, muscle size, and if you've lost some fitness, all of those components are much easier to regain than they are to get for the first time ever. So, I'm experiencing this personally right now, uh, myself with my training where I've seen more hypertrophy this year than in probably any other single year, maybe, maybe ever. I'm not, maybe not since I was like, or since I was in my teens, right? On one side, this is fantastic. You know, it feels good. But when I then look at pictures of me from last year and I look at how, um, like my commitments to the gym and my effort in the gym last year is in 2019, it was terrible. I was mostly committed to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, not this is a bad thing. And I lost a lot of muscle size because I was pushing my almost like my genetic limit, right? I was as big as I could be. And then I just wasn't putting in the work to try and retain that muscle. It um, uh, wasn't eating enough to retain that muscle. And over time, I probably lost a good few kilos that year, probably lost a couple of the year before. And now is the first year I've really made a good effort to get back into it. And because I've previously had that size, I'm able to get it back. Um, and this, Stefan, should be the same for you. You've previously been, at, you know, had some strength. Um, you know, those goals sound fairly reasonable. Um, I would say if you're looking to get back into rugby, maybe testing the five k might be a little bit better, just because that's a better pace to me to keep ensure that you're keeping aerobic and you keep pushing. Um, 3k is not that bad though either. Like but I would like to test out the 5k and, and you to really what your aerobic system. Your aerobic conditioning is probably the one that you're going to be able to keep the most. And it's also the one that stays the longest stays longest. You can keep it the most. It's also the one that's easiest to come back. So you just do a good few long runs and then you'll be in you'll you'll be in great shape for that. Likewise, if you're trying to get stronger, um I would just steer fairly clear from failure be fairly conservative because uh especially for the first like month or so you're gonna want to push the weight a lot each time because you're like oh crap this is nowhere near what I used to be able to lift I should be lifting heavier and then you realize like this this new weight is still going to beat you up and you realize that if you take it slowly if you take eight weeks as opposed to two weeks to slowly build up that weight it becomes a lot easier and you don't beat yourself into the ground likewise if you're doing that sort of uh, tactic it's easy to consistently gain what might happen if if you try to push too fast in the first week or two weeks is that you like we go back to the mindset thing you're not treating yourself like you're a newbie you're treating yourself like you're your old self and you're like right this is the way i should be doing and then you realize you're 50 kilos off that's depressing right so that you don't just go the next time and try and put 40 kilos extra onto the bar because you're not going to do it. Then you get depressed and then you quit. And you're like, ah, oh, this is just, you know, I don't know what's going wrong. You burn yourself out like mentally. Whereas if you just take it week by week and you just worry about the weight that you lifted last week and lift two kilos, five kilos, whatever more, and you just keep focusing on that consistency, the strength will come. But your main focus that you want to fo- uh, want to look at Uh, with rebuilding your your muscle, with getting into condition, with getting into this new routine, is that routine. It's just being able to commit to the gym four times a week, three times a week, five times a week, um, finding out a routine that works for you. Then the weights, the aerobic stuff, as long as you're training properly, that will all take care of itself. Um, And therefore, you make that progress and you go over time. Like, there's no, like, You've also got to remember that once you get to your goal, right, of three k and thirteen, and then you get your five, your four hundred deadlift for five reps, then what, right? It's not like you're like, okay, done, and then you go back to your normal life where you go back to being a fat bus driver. Like, no, you you want to be doing this consistently. um, Like once you've hit those goals, and then either playing rugby or getting into a good gym routine and focusing on other areas, but. You still have to stay in that routine, and and that's the key that I think gets lost on a lot of people when they look for, like, the magic pill, you know? Um, So just ease yourself into it, pay attention to your recovery, um, and just really try and find a routine that works for you. Last thing on this would be, especially for deadlifts, is try to steer clear from failure. Always make sure that every single lift is perfect form and that you've probably got another rep in the tank if you need to deadlifts are incredibly fatiguing and once you push that fatigue threshold too far then you're never going to be able to it it just makes it so much harder to get stronger on that movement um hopefully that makes sense right if you're crushing yourself into the ground it becomes a lot harder to progress a deadlift whereas if you always are leaving one or two reps in a tank like the strength will take care of itself um and you really want to make sure that you're working because these are good goals. You want to learn, but you want to work both ends of the spectrum. You want to stay away from the middle. Meaning when you're working strength and weights, you're doing, you know, relatively heavy but keeping the volume not too high. You know, you're going and you, you know, you're letting yourself rest, you're focusing on the muscle, you're focusing on the strength work, you're focusing on quality work. And then when you're doing the aerobic work, you're focusing on long aerobic work, not pushing the pace, not pushing anything Um, Overly fatiguing, overly strenuous and therefore you develop both areas and that develops the middle, right? The middle being like CrossFit type workouts where you're just killing yourself by doing tons of different reps and circuit training and the like. That gets the worst of both and it doesn't develop the the ends as much, right? You're not going to get stronger by doing that and you're not going to get a much better um, 5k or 3k time. You're not going to develop yourself aerobically because you're not giving yourself the volume. You need to really dedicate yourself to both ends of the spectrum, your low intensity and your high intensity. Um, actually got Alex Fiada coming on the podcast who, uh, if you look him up, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about when I talk, when I talk about concurrent training, when we're talking about t- training different elements at the same time. Um, if you have any more questions on that, Stefan, comment below. Um, Let me know and we can expand on it in next week's Q&A. Hi guys, I just wanted to jump in here to tell you that if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to become a better athlete, then you can go ahead and visit rugby-muscle.com and pick up any of our free goodies. That is uh, the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions, the Physique Nutrition Crash Course Video Series, the Supplement Guide, and newly added is a macro calculator. Yes, that's right, a macro calculator where you will be able to Work out your protein, carbs, fat, and calories that you should be eating on a daily basis to give you a guide as to where to start your diet from. This will help in conjunction with your 50 free conditioning sessions to build you out a decent little plan that will enable you to take control of your training and use effective training and nutrition to become a better athlete. All that stuff and more can be found at rugby-muscle.com or rugby-muscle.com forward slash macros for the macro breakdown. Next one, Ian says, "Who's gonna win between Leinster and Ulster?" Uh, Leinster, done. That's <laughs> the end of that question. Um, they've got most of the Ireland team in their in their squad. They are also, um, they're 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 just like really, really, really well drilled. Them and Exeter Chiefs, like you just watch them and you see that they suffocate other teams. Every single player knows what they're doing um and i think that's really um they know what they're doing at all times they know um where to be they're all so much organized which means that they can be more effective with every single play that they do and they're just a really good team to watch and they you know they they're very united in what they do they just they are class um i'm intrigued to see how Lens to get on in europe i think they're just going to like I think they just they've just so far they've just gone ahead and won everything all right, um, Ian. I'll get back to your question, but I want to first revisit Stefan because it, it appears he's got on lost on the muscle shift work. So having a home gym for shift work is is going to be uh, crucial. Finally recovered from pulling something in my lower back, so I'm ready. Yeah. So even like even then, Stefan, like if that's if that's your like if you've been hurting your back, hundred percent leave reps in the tank. Um, kettlebells. He said he's got a twenty kilo kettlebell. Uh, if you're really going to invest, invest in an actual like barbell. Like I, I'm, if you want someone to give you kettlebell workouts, I'm not really a guy. I think kettlebells are a fantastic way to tear your shoulder. There's people arguing outside my apartment. Excellent. Uh, kettlebells are a fantastic way to tear your shoulder and mess up your l- lower back. Uh-huh. I don't think they're, they're, they're actually that great at all. I think there are so many different uh, methodologies or training tools that you can use. Um, but if you've got one, you can use it for conditioning. That's about it. It's a good. It's good for some level of conditioning work. But sorry to say, it, in my opinion, I'm not just. I'm just not a really great fan of kettlebell workouts. Um, I think you're just very limited on what you can do better off getting a barbell squat rack etc um but he also says apartment friendly work so i'm i'm confused about the home gym whether you're in an apartment or a home gym so if you're if you're trying to set up a home gym squat rack obviously if you're in an apartment uh, this is where your sol um you need to really i would say find a gym that you can consistently go to you've got to find some sort of routine um and you can do that you can do it on three th- you can go twice a week um especially if it's just strength work you can go twice a week if that's what you've got to do um plan it around your shifts you either go like straight after your shift work if it's in the middle of the night or before your shift work if you know depend on your routine there are there are so many different ways that you can play it but you've also then especially if this is the case i really got to pay attention to your recovery and your sleep patterns like again staying in routine helps with all of that and it's the only way you're going to be able to do it i I wish there was an easy answer and and there is the easy answer to how do i train around shift work is quit your job and don't do shift work it's just not optimal for training you don't want to do that so let's do a more well you probably don't want to do that or you maybe that option is not available to you so then you you do have to do a more difficult workaround it's just it's just an inconvenient truth that is there and I mean, I guess that's what I'm here for—is inconvenient truths. I'm afraid. Um, now, uh, hopefully, that again, Stefan. If you've got any more questions, to develop on on that. Uh, comment below. The comments aren't quite coming through on my software, but I think they're on the group. So I'll check those at the end. Next on, um, Ian asks, "How would you structure a bedtime routine?" So this is perfect, right? The easiest way to structure a bedtime routine is, first off, number one thing in order to structure a bedtime routine is give yourself a consistent wake-up time in the morning. The more consistent you stay with that, the more consistent your um, uh, circadian rhythm is, the easier it is to go to sleep, the better you will sleep when you go to sleep, the more tired you feel. As you, you start to wind down your routine, the more awake you feel when you start to wake up, your, your, your body goes through natural daily fluctuations. Um, it's only, you know, if you think about human history and how long humans have been on the planet, we've, this is a very recent addition, um, having access to lights to, able to, to be able to see and stay up later. Remember, our, our eyes as humans suck. Right, they're they're not very good. So, we were supposed to be sleeping most of the night. We, that's you know, it's, it's we were supposed to depend on the the sun for our day to day to day fluctuations in energy um, and routine. Once you figure that out, you've got you know you're going to understand that having a having a permanent wake up time is the number one. Um, isn't having a permanent wake up time is the number one thing you can do to, um, help yourself with a sleep routine and help yourself get better sleep. Once you start to find yourself waking up in and around your alarm, um, then that's when you're going to have the most, uh, like you're going to be, be able to figure out like, that's my routine. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck to, I'm doing well with this, uh, wake up time. Right. Um, once you've got that wake up time sorted, then you you dial it back and you go back in one and a half hour increments, ideally to seven and a half hours. Now, it will vary from person to person. Some people sleep for only around seven hours. I'm one of those people. Seven and a half is just a little bit too much. It puts me into my next cycle of sleep. Each sleep cycle you have is approximately 90 minutes. You ideally want five of those, so seven and a half hours is usually the number we come to. That's why you get the recommendation of seven to eight. So if your permanent wake-up time is 7 a.m., you cycle back from then, leaves you to sleep at either between midnight and 11, and you'll you'll find that out what time works best for you by going to sleep. From there, you've got your, your ideal sleep time, right? You then work backwards from there. How long does it take you once you you know get into bed and do your things? to um to go to sleep so maybe you put yourself in to bed 10 minutes before your ideal sleep time uh, maybe you you then work backwards from there 10 or 20 minutes of brushing your teeth what like doing everything that you've got to do from uh to get prepped for bed then you tack on 40 minutes of something that's going to relax you and you've probably got about an hour before bed That this is an hour of Uh, bed preparation that you can stay kind of consistent with now when it's not ideal then you just take those 20 minutes and you just brush teeth and you do whatever and you get to bed Um, but really it's it's sort of like experimentation right it's being proactive with it it's figuring out what helps you wind down some people like tv to wind down some people have uh, tv wires them. some people like reading but then some people find that reading requires so much effort that their brain switches on it really does depend on the person but it's it's all about figuring out what's best for you and then being proactive about it. So in my situation here, or my scenario that I've just given you, you're looking at uh, between, 11, say, between 11 and 12, let's say 11.30, means we want to go to bed and be in bed around eleven twenty, eleven twenty five. That means that we want to start getting prepped around 11.15. That means from uh, 10.45, I'm not, you know, I'm not looking at screens, I'm, I mean, way earlier than that, but from 1045 is when I start really being proactive about my bedtime routine. The more you get better at that, then you can start pushing it further and further forward by doing other things to wind you down, you know, whether you put on on blue light blocking glasses, whether you're doing all of the million different things that you can do to help your sleep. Um, you would then do, you can, you can then add that to the beginning of this schedule. And then if, you know, something comes up and you're stuck till 11.15, you've still got your options to have a nighttime routine before that and, uh, or, or after that, right? So you've still got that bedtime routine, still helps you go sleep uh, a little bit sooner. Really good question, Ru. Um And I, I should, I will be doing a full podcast on sleep again. Um, if I'm being totally honest, I wasn't really happy with the one I did with Nick Littlehouse. Which is a shame. So, I'm going to be doing a lot more solo podcasts coming up, and definitely like nailing your sleep will be one of them. I've also got one on the paid uh, rugby muscle athletes page or the paid members area. So, Ian, you're a paid member. Go look for that. There's a sleep and nighttime routine like 101 video there. Um, but that's a really good question, and that's one that people miss because they look at other methodologies and stupid methodologies of quote-unquote recovery if you nail your bedtime routine like your recovery is going to be so much better than doing anything else to do with recovery namely as tom's just asked over here massage guns yeah um i'm not a fan of massage guns so he said are massage guns worth investing in in brackets as a cheaper alternative to Sports massages. Also, where do you get the shirts from? Get the shirts from Hawaii, of course. Um, cheaper alternative to—I actually, actually get them from the charity store. <laughs> uh, the charity shop is the best, best way, best place to find the best Hawaiians, in my experience. Now, um two two answers to this question, or two parts of the answer to this question. Number one: Are they worth investing in? Potentially. Um and at number two, as a cheaper alternative to sports massage, no. They are not an alternative to sports massage. Um, sports massage is very it's a relaxing one-hour process where someone is feels like they're manipulating your muscles. We're still not sure on the science of how it actually works. Um, like it doesn't manipulate the fascia as we thought. It's just a very relaxing situation that you find yourself in. You know, a lot of people go to sleep, um, and it just feels good to have these tense muscles worked on, and then your sort of your neural system will let those muscles relax. It's not you're not like they're not actually doing, you know, they're not actually bending and twisting and stretching the muscle. Uh, best example ever is Quinn Henock, Doctor Quinn Hennock would say, you know, if that was the case, if you were to be able to stretch out and release fascia just from. Um, someone's hands or even worse a foam roller then imagine putting a 200 kilo barbell on your back your body would just crush right it, it's not the way it works so our muscle is stronger than that um so it's not a good alternative to sports massages it has application in 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 like warm-up scenarios in, in really releasing a muscle there and then on the on the like in that situation before getting into some lifts, there is something at, that I might be pers- persuaded there. I'm not overly convinced, but a lot of people I respect a lot are con- are now talking about it. I'm yet to, yeah, like I said, I'm, li- I'm yet to be personally convinced, but that would be the application where I would see it happening is, is like trigger point, uh, same, similar to foam rolling, right? You've got a t- tight trigger point or whatever you go on it for two minutes uh, some sort of neuroadaptation happens where you, your body releases it, you then move, and then you can move a little bit better. Um, and then that, if you're looking for like long-term rehab and flexibility, that long-term rehab and flexibility is actually what, uh, what stretches you out. Um, hopefully, that makes sense. Um, I'm going to get to some of these questions before wrapping up. Um, firstly, Ian says... Cheers, TJ, about the sleep question sleep question. Would you try and get up at the same time at the weekends as the working week then too? Yes, I would. Yeah. Um people don't like to hear that. But again, what did I say earlier? I'm like the the bearer of news that you don't want to hear, but is the truth, bearer of unfortunate truths or whatever. That again, that is me. It's uh, yeah, that if you want to stay consistent, your body doesn't know what a fucking weekend is. It's an invention that we made for whatever reason that we did, you know um for like to, to make it more convenient to have a quote-unquote working week for the industrial revolution no um you would have to get up at the same time at, you know you could always get up be a little bit lazier you could also take a nap on the weekends if that's not something that you can afford to do during the week you could take two fucking naps on the weekends if you need to gain extra sleep But really, no, like, the more consistent you stay with that, the better. If you wake up a a lot later every single weekend, you're just not going to give yourself the routine. You're not going to give your body the signals to wake up at the same time every day. Now, the odd lie-in every now and again is not going to be a disaster. But, you know, see what I'm saying here. Um, Okay, there was another question that I've missed about uh, hips. But before I get to that, Alan asks, opinion on using creatine. I've gone over this about a million times. You can get the Rugby Muscle Athlete Supplement Guide um, through the website, rugby-muscle.com and navigate your way through there. Essentially, you don't cycle it. Essentially, you just have, like, it just doesn't make sense to cycle it. It's not something that your body gets extra sensitive to, like you need to cycle on or cycle off. It's just something that if you take five grams every day, yes, cycling can make sure like you it's essentially trying to saturate so say i've got this cup here right um this cup ideally is is a muscle that wants to be filled with creatine which helps you lift weights it helps you but it also brings water with it like water intake some people have creatine stores like like half full full some people have them three quarters full some people have them full. some people have none that's where you get the different responders to different creatin. People that say they take up creatine consistently and don't really feel it, they're probably the people that are already saturated with creatine. The idea by taking exogenous creatine, aka powder, is that every day, well, after a period of time, you then fill up your cup of creatine. Um, now you can either do that by putting you know, by by loading it up ahead of time and then over a course of a week you're already saturated, or if you just have five grams. Every single day, you get a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and maybe after three weeks, you're fully saturated, and by which time you're more accustomed, you know, you're not getting a sudden boost in strength, but you're also, and this is the key for a rugby player, you're not getting a sudden increase in weight that can kind of be misleading, right? If you go from creatine stores from here to here because you've loaded, you could gain up to, uh, like, eight, six to eight pounds or something of just water weight, now that might be okay but it's kind of misleading it sort of mis misguides your training and misguides like uh your tracking it also is a bitch if you're playing if you're in season you're playing rugby because then you've got to walk around with 6 to 8 extra pounds or run around with 6-8 extra pounds carrying around you makes it a lot more difficult all right i believe that brings us to the end thumbs up everybody again if you're watching this uh do me a favor, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We, like I say, we haven't had one for a couple of days. So that would help us out. Also, if you're watching this or if you're listening to this, check out the YouTube channel. Um, I've been expanding upon the rugby physical preparation pyramid, really trying to get you guys to think a lot more. I'm, I, You know, I, I truly, this is why coaching service is the, the service that I, is, that I do most with Rugby Muscle. Is because just giving you programs and just giving you shit to do doesn't help. You've got to understand a lot more and change the way you think if you really want to get the results. People don't want to hear that. That's why this like that that's why it's the programs and the easy solutions are the ones that sell. I mean, you can you can just keep buying stuff forever, or you can actually take a fucking investment either in a coach or in like leveling up your knowledge and really understanding on a deeper level what's required of you and then actually get results it's your choice um jesus this has been a very much an unfortunate truths heavy episode but i hope you guys enjoyed it if you did thumbs up as always comment below um i will be doing one more in this apartment um next friday i believe at the same time um keep those questions coming in um, thank you guys so much for watching and listening and i'll see you in the next one all right thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed that episode of the Rubby muscle podcast then i've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request all i want you to do is go to apple Podcasts and type up a five star review just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback but also helps us reach higher rankings, get more exposure, allowing me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all-around podcast experience for you. All you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know that you've got it. And then every single week, I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class shank condition program app delivered directly to your phone. Or if that doesn't interest you, then we've got one free consultation where I'll go over your training program, your nutrition, and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute and that helps the show up exponentially. So I'd really appreciate it if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.